Hey, hey now. Hungry for more? That was Benjamin Leather's Esquire. New Age Dad's only rock opera. We uh, will be presenting it to you in uh, four, four acts. So that was act one. And this is Natchcast. Natchcast 62. I'm Mark. Whisp- oh, I'm Josh. Wh- whisper, in your, whisper in your lover's ear. Natchcast 62. Text Mark, 303-548-6877. Start over. You don't know what the fuck you're doing. What do you mean I don't know what the fuck I'm doing? All right. You fine. don't know what I'm doing. I was about to say Natchcast 62, and then you went, Natchcast. Yeah, well, and then you held that, and then you went, uh, 62. So delivery was a little sticky. Or slippy. A little loose. New Age Dad is a uh, powerful rock band formed in the mid-90s. Mid-90s? No, early aughts, bro. Early aughts. Yep. Uh, Pat Riot. Pat Riot and Tweezers. Tweezers. And their children. Mm -hmm. Who didn't have names. They did a lot of squawking, though. Good times. Oh, it was a great time. The best times. Nice cast, 26. Yep. Uh, Whisper in your lover's ear. 26? I meant 62. (laughs) 62. Seriously, you know, reach out. Tell us you love us in a whisper tweet. 303-548. 303-548. Don't whisper in my ear. 6877. 6877. Speaking of whispering. That is a direct conduit to one of us. Have you seen the movie Dune? Nope. Uh, it's a kind of a failed sci-fi epic. Oh, it's legendary. Cultish. In its failure? Well, yeah. And in its weirdness. Watched it. My, I had two good friends growing up who loved that movie, and they would always... They'd always call me the Kwisatz Satirac, and I didn't know why. Whatever. It was a diss. What you so talking? I finally, I'm like, I need, you know, I've been harboring resentment about it, and I'm like, I finally just need to watch this movie. I watched, got it from the library. You're jumping in. That We haven't even gotten to the first item. Watch You've the movie. You've already tried to take control of this podcast. I'm just going to tell you what's wrong with it, why that movie has, is problematic, and it has to do with whispering. Oh. It's got a shitload of Kyle MacLachlan narrating the film, or like, thinking like his thoughts you hear his thoughts and it's always in a whisper voiceover yes there's lots of voiceover in a whisper and it's in a whisper and i i think there's a sect of the population i'm one of them who when i hear someone whispering like it makes me very on, I, i'm on edge really? i don't like the sound of it so it's funny to me that we chose whisper in your lover's ear as our uh, tagline because if someone whispered natch cast in my ear i would probably like elbow them involuntarily just i ah! think that maybe that's the exact response we want that's the response I was going for with that uh, Dune segment right there. <laughs> that segment was sponsored by Radiohead. Oh, yeah, they have a new album. That's why we're putting the rock opera in here. In honor of Radiohead? In honor of Radiohead. <laughs> yeah. They didn't. Um, okay, this is our 62nd episode. I'm Mark. That's I'm Josh. Josh. We talk about food. News. And sometimes other stuff. Eventually, son of a... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we give out our cell phone, we whisper, we uh, have Twitter handles. (laughs) Oh my God, I think we do have to start over now. This is falling apart. Yeah, it's not very tight. No, that's okay. Hey, guess what? We're on social media, at Real Natch. Yeah. Woo! Whoa, you're yelling. That, that That was too loud Mark right there. All right, what's going on? I don't know. It's one of those days, man. Hey, I got this. Uh, I'm opening this Munchies article. Did you see this story? 
What is it, man? What was sprinkled on the salad bar? I've only read the headline, but the headline is the FBI. You're supposed to read all of these stories. Uh, The headline seemed like it was enough for me on this one. The FBI wants to speak to the guy who sprinkled a suspicious liquid on a Whole Foods salad bar. That's about all you need to know. Yeah. Um, Do you want to read the article? Does it go anywhere else? Nope. Because they don't know what it was. They tested it. It seemed fine. Um, They caught it. They saw it right away. They got a photo of the guy. He's wearing a baseball tee. We want to talk to that guy. I want to know what it was. What do you think it was? If it wasn't a toxin. Is there no picture of him actually doing it? There's just the picture of him striding into the store. Right. Hurrying past the... What could it have been? Avocados. I don't know. So many people on high alert. This is the next horrific moment of terrorism in our land. What, it's going to be some sort of food poisoning? Whole food salad bar. Yeah, just drop a little vial or something somewhere. But no, maybe it was... uh, Maybe it was a serum from the Fountain of Youth. Maybe this guy's a fucking hero. Maybe it was just like uh, meat glue. Just to meat like glue. screw all the vegans in your salad bar. Oh, yeah. That you know, meat happen. glue. Blah, blah, blah. This guy looks like he could be angry at vegans. <laughs> That's why I said, what was it? I wanted you to think about what it could have been. I'm thinking about it right now. Oh, okay. But it seems like you had, you had a good, good hypothesis. Yeah, can you do glue. better than meat glue? Can I do better than meat glue? Well, I did say youth serum. Mm. Fountain of Youth. Mm-hmm. Uh, ooh, there is a, some, oh, that's a powder though. There's some crazy drug. I actually watched a video on Vice Ayahuasca. No, no, no. It's this like powder drug that someone could walk up to you and blow it in your face and you instantly become almost their slave. Like you, your will, like you'll do whatever <laughs> anyone tells you. You'll seem totally normal. But if that person said, all right, turn around, we're going to go back to your house now. Uh, there's your doorman. Say hi, tell him I'm your friend and you just do it. And then you kind of come out of this fog hours later and like people have usually been robbed. What? Or yeah, isn't that fucked up? It's like a Spider-Man episode. It's real though. Episode? Uh, and? Yeah, from the 70s. Mm. Maybe he had a liquid version of that. No, they, they test, well, I don't know. Maybe they didn't know to test for that. This is like, see, you'd never even heard of it. <coughs> so Why would they test for some obscure drug that's used now and then down in South America. Crocodile. No, it's, I don't know what it's called. You could probably find it on Vice. <laughs> Search for an article like most horrifying drug story ever. <sighs> so it could, there's my hypothesis. Maybe he did that. He wants to just like, and then he waited outside for people coming out with salad bar things. And then he chose his victim. He's like, I'm going to follow that guy. And like then he follows him back to work, watches him eat the salad, comes up to him. The guy's eating the salad on a round picnic up. bench in Maybe front of his, in front of his uh, office. Just the guy round. just strides up to him. Roundup. Hey, man, you liking that salad? What do they fear the most inside that Whole Foods? Come with me. Roundup. You think, oh, you think it's Roundup? Glyphosate? GMO juice. Yeah, maybe it's just straight up glyphosate. It probably would have caught that. That probably would have showed up in a test. What else? All right, I think we've... Homemade gooch? Yeah, we've explored enough options here. Hmm. Act fast. Apocalypse flash sale on bone broth ends today. I hope you're listening to this right when we publish it, because that's your only chance. Did you take a look at this little... Uh, I did. Delightful, it's I thought. Cute bit of marketing. Cute, right? Yeah. Uh, Donald Trump seizes the Republican nomination, and Epic Bar offers... You know, their meat bars are great in a, in a bomb shelter. So it's an end-of-the-world zombie apocalypse fire sale. Check it out on Instagram. It's in the show notes. Sign yep. up for the newsletter after you whisper. Mm-hmm. It's got Donald Trump... 
maybe was he pretending to hold a gun in this photo or actually holding a gun? And they took the gun out and put bone broth in each of his hands. You think probably it was a gun pretending. he was holding? He was probably just pretending, right? Uh, it, he was probably holding tacos in the original picture, right? Because he loves place. Hispanics. Did you hear about that? 24-hour flash sale, 20% off. As Donald Trump gets closer to the White House, we thought it might be appropriate to have a sale. Epic Bars make a great addition to your doomsday bunker. Yeah. Cellar or zombie fort. Spot on. Yep. Good job. You know what I've been wondering? What, is Danie- what does Danielle think of the paleo trend? Uh, Why don't you just ask her? Well, I think you just did. Oh. Tell us. Uh, She'll tweet at me. She was not happy about Prince. Danielle? <laughs> Did you see the tweets? Yeah. I didn't know. You wasn't happy about our coverage of Prince or just well, Prince I think was she passing? Was, she did understand. Well, excuse, uh, or maybe we didn't make it clear enough. Let me, That's more likely. Let me step back and not offend our truest fan. <laughs> Wait, what happened? I, she, why was Prince so mad about Why would we, wouldn't he wear a wool coat? No lambs would be killed in this process. And his whole point was about the treatment of them. And yeah, I mean, there's a there's a graphic novel. I think it's called. She was very upset about ship that. of tears. I don't know. There's a graphic novel about a bunch of lambs on a ship moving from Australia somewhere else to be sheared, and it's just like horrific conditions. It's representative of a real problem: overcrowding on boats, lambs dying and overcrowding on, on boats. It's, I'm not kidding. They pack lambs onto these ships and just send them away, or sheep, whatever. Really? Yes. I can <laughs> you're, go. F- you're, you're looking, you're looking uh, iffy on this one. Oops. Microphone. You're looking iffy I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what's going to happen. When we take our first Benjamin Lever- Leathers uh, sojourn, I'm going to go find that book. Sojourn? Break? Yeah. Isn't that a no, synonym? Sojourn's like a journey. We're already on the sojourn, I think. We already started it. Oh, wait, why don't you look that word up? Oh, why don't I look that well, fucking word I, up, you son of a bitch? Well, I... Ugh. This is so. Prime. So she was. I can, up, get, I can get free shipping on this. Hold on, <laughs> she did. She wasn't that upset. It was two tweets, but it was like, why? Why does he care about the? the you're not killing the sheep. I'm like, oh no, that's the process. The once process. Again. And you then didn't, you didn't know. You and didn't then you say shit. And then the picture of the coat. This is referring to last episode, Natchcast sixty one. Whisper in your lover's ear, where we acknowledged the passing of Prince and celebrated his. We didn't celebrate. Peta, sh- oh yeah, we didn't sexiest man of the year award, and he wouldn't wear wool coats, and he wouldn't eat anything with parents. But the picture of the coat that he was wearing looked very plastic, which raises a whole another question: of Is plastic better than mistreated? I mean, who knows? I think it was pleather. Okay. But then, oh. in the in the liner notes where he describes this, there's all those little twos and numbers instead of syllables. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, this is like the advent of text speak. Danielle didn't. Whatever what? it is, it's annoying. I don't know something. What like the that. hell just happened? What? I just explained the whole thing to you. I wasn't listening. I was thinking about uh, At Last Naturals vaginal moisturizing gel with wild yam. Yam butter. Yep. So there you have it. Wild yam. Does that? I wonder if that has uh, properties as a lubricant. Or maybe it's more of a skin conditioner. What do you think, Mark? I think it's the new hot vaginal lube. Yeah. All natural. How big is this here? Okay, so I you think get... it appeared on some Netflix series with the uh, Jane Fonda and... Uh, Lily Tomlin? Did they mention it on there? Possibly. Don't you watch that? I watched the first episode, and they actually go on a... 
mushroom trip together. An a- the accident. Well, one, I think Whoa. Jane Fonda eats mushrooms on purpose. The Lily Tomlin, I think. Oh, no, it's like some tea. It's like peyote tea or some shit. Anyway, they trip together on the beach. I don't remember there being any uh, yam, yam <laughs> vagina gel, but. Was it a cute trip? It didn't, uh, it didn't go off the rails. No, nah, not really. It seemed more of like a idealized, like from the outside looking in what a trip might like be like, I guess. Like they were just kind of dancing and then patting sand. And, I mean, you know they were having mild freakouts. would be a good soundtrack to that trip? Tell me. Act two. You're ready for act two right Benjamin now? Benjamin Leathers, Esquire. Okay. okay. Two of four. Halfway there. Yep. Uh, God damn it. Right, Mark? Yeah, I saw this story about... Uh, you see it? No, you didn't read it. You just <laughs> saw the link. I saw the headline. Soda sales rise in Mexico despite tax. I can't remember if people like it when you eat on a microphone or not. It's probably right up there with whispering. You know? Do you want to read some Frank Herbert? Soda use on the rise in Mexico after the 10% hike from a soda tax... After a few years of decline, mm-hmm. I think Mexico is the worst country in the world for diabetes. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? That's bad news. Strange news, yeah. Strange news. It's not a straight line, life. No, it's Progress, not. Progress. Food reform. None of it is, Mark. The podcast renaissance. It's not linear. None of it. No. You got to ride with it. You got to go with it. Need to be flexible. Do some tension exercises. Yeah, like yoga? No, like this hand thing I'm doing right now. Oh, okay. I do need to talk about yoga. Yeah. You, you, you changed it. <laughs> you got to keep this. This is not 15 minutes. <laughs> you son of a bitch. No, but it is, this is actually kind of serious. Uh, but so I've done yoga for like 15 years. Ooh. I'm not, I'm not bragging. And it's like really a big part of my routine. It's helped me in a lot of ways. And the only reason I started doing yoga is because of my wife's aunt, Carol, who is an Iyengar, or was an Iyengar teacher for many years. Uh, and she passed away this week. Yeah. And it's very sad. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I know it is. I met her. I know. I was going to, yeah. You got to meet her. We were talking about her just last weekend. We were. It's With true. your wife. Yeah, so she she had Parkinson's, which and and she'd had breast cancer for the fourth time, a sleeping bear cancer they called that, and then she had what does that mean? Like a very slow growing cancer. It was, I mean, it was like in the scar tissue from her one of her mastectomies. I mean, you realize I can't handle a herniated disc and a mild seasonal allergy. Mm Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I'm I'm with you. I was thinking about the same thing. Like when I get a cold. I am like such a child, I'm bratty and grouchy, 
And, you know, she had the flu last year. Yeah, that's true. I've seen it happen. Yeah, I know. I'm admitting to that for sure. And she had the flu last year for probably at least a month. And, like, you know, Parkinson's robs you of control of your muscles. And that includes your chest muscles. So breathing becomes extremely hard. So can you imagine having a chest cold? What? can't cough, really. You just gave me a panic attack. I didn't mean to. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm not telling you you have Parkinson's, man. You lose control of your chest muscles? Well, no. Gradually, you lose control of all your muscles. And it's harder to breathe? Eventually. Dude, that <sighs> wouldn't be the first sign of Parkinson's. I think you're okay. All right. I won't make it about me. But she's she was diagnosed 10 years ago. Mm. So when she was 60. Um, and was Is just... That- so she passed at age 70? She did. Wow. Um, so a very cruel twist of fate for someone. So to give you a little backstory, she was, she's from Denver, but she moved to New York City when she was 19, got an apartment close to the American Ballet Company, I believe it's called, where she danced, um, lived in that apartment for the next 50 years, rent-controlled apartment, <sighs> had this amazing kind of like New York life that I don't, you know, the kind of New oh. York life that you just can't have anymore, you know? A little gritty, rich, full of culture, met lots of interesting people. She worked at a cafe, for instance, and in the mornings, she would sometimes let John Lennon and Yoko Ono in while she was setting up shop so they could eat breakfast and have coffee and not be bothered. Wow. Just a day in the life of Carol Foster. Wow. Um, she went and did yoga. She went to this yoga retreat and did yoga for a week with Sting, I think, on like at his villa. That's, that's a wow and a chuckle. Um, oh, and another thing that I thought was really remarkable about her is when she found out she had uh, Parkinson's, she immediately went out and started learning to do trapeze. Like a true warrior. Warrior? To the end. But also probably the most graceful person I've ever met. How do we be warriors? I don't know. Because that's what I keep thinking about. We were talking about being babies when we have colds. Like be a warrior? I was around her a lot when she would come visit us in Colorado or come out to see her family and we would, she would often stay with us and she was like going through some serious shit and never once really complained about it. That is unbelievable. Never once like kind of a why me. I mean, maybe she had those moments privately, but unbelievable. And I I think she would probably attribute a lot of that to yoga and to practicing yoga and to having that higher awareness and that Hmm. mind body connection. And so it was just cruel to see Mm -hmm. someone she spent so much time forming that connection, then robbed of the ability to use her body in the ways that she used to. But, but she fought it. Look at the way she handled it. To the end. She would, she would laugh as she would stumble. She, thought she would just find the joy in these weird little moments. Hmm. So yeah, hmm. it's super sad. But I, I'd been telling my kids, because they were close to her, that Aunt Carol was kind of like a Jedi. You know, like someone who I think someone who's that connected to the universe. And to the, the, the kind of web of energy that I think connects us all. Someone who really understands that on a deeper level. When they pass, maybe it is kind of like a Jedi. They're kind of everywhere. Oh. Yeah. My wife was very upset, crying the other night. And Ari told her that, uh, you know, Aunt Carol's right over there. She's sitting on that chair. Oh. She's everywhere. Um, and so for me, when I do yoga, wow. I hear her voice. I think of things she told me. And so this leads me to, I was on her YouTube channel. And found uh, a video clip of her. She has a YouTube channel? Well, just like, it's more like personal videos and things. Mm. But she was on a Martha Stewart program back in 2003. 
teaching Martha Stewart Iyengar yoga. Uh, so I have that here. And I, I will play it. And Mark, I might as well, since she was a great yoga instructor, I will show you the pose. Oh, God. Am I supposed to commentate as you do this? Then we're going to walk out four and a half, five feet wide. We're going to do warrior yeah, two pose. Cool. Open up Leggings. the foot. Now keep the weight in the back outer heel. We want to feel this back half very weighted, very weighted. Take the arms straight out from the collarbones. Right. So you don't want to take the arms behind you, just straight out. Feel collarbones are light, buoyant. Now you're going to feel the back arm strong, back leg strong. That's our roots. Now bend the front leg. That's right. That's right. So this whole part is light. The back part is heavy. Then look straight into the future. So the back here, so straight down your arm. You're right. Looking. That's right. The back here is like your past. You're very weighted from that. This is the future. And then your spine comes out of the present. So you're between the two. From warrior two, we move into Tadasana, or mountain pose. Tadasana is the most so, uh, fundamental of the standing posture. That's the knowledge right there, man. Those are some... Rooted in your past? Memoriam, memorial yoga poses just that you yeah. had to perform for me? I just wanted to do it All right. while she talked about it. Huh. Because she was always very supportive of, of uh, my practice and very, like, she was extremely constructive. Give me all sorts of great feedback. If that, if that can help you right now, me watching you do a couple yoga poses in your leggings. It was I more. Am, I am more here just, for you. <laughs> I appreciate that. That's camaraderie, man. Tough times. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess rest in peace. You know what? Life's Aunt hard. Carol. It is. She Life's will not hard. be forgotten. She is a mythic titan. Rest in peace. Yes. Uh, and from that... Oh, wait. So I have an, a really quick uplifting oh. yoga story that you'll enjoy. Okay. I went to a yoga class, my Tuesday class. There was a substitute teacher who I'd never had before, Ooh. and she was like very kind of Wiccan-y. She had lots of uh, bang, like spangly jewelry things, like bracelets. I immediately think of Daniel Fay. I know. I thought of D. Fay too. You know, she had like a shawl with some sort of cool kind of like I don't know, nature print. I don't know. It was very... Do it, Daniel. But it was a vigorous class. Shawls. Like, like we were holding the poses like the one I just did for a really long time, and she was like really pushing us. It was very difficult. And so then at the end, you know, you go into Shavasana, which is corpse pose. I know. And so I'm laying there in Shavasana, and she has, she's playing this like wild fucking kind of electro new age music the whole time. Hmm. And like kind of a big swelling song for Shavasana, but it was like lots of like things happening, sonically bouncing from ear to ear. And then I smell an essential oil. Oh. The, the air fills with essential oil, and then that smell gets stronger. And then I hear bracelets kind of jingling near my ears, and she starts massaging my temples. That happened to me once. Yeah, and then like was rubbing my face and like massaged my chin like down into my beard, my neck, pushed my shoulders down, and then like put her yep. finger, her yep. finger like on my third eye and right. left there for a minute and then like released the pressure so slowly that for a while I couldn't tell if she was still there. And then if my first thought was like, I, I hope she's doing this to everyone. It would be a little creepy. <laughs> so I opened my eyes a little bit and looked and she was taking the time to do that. There were like nine people in the class. So we were in Shavasana for a long time. So you've had that experience. That happened to me once and it blew my mind. It was I, I went from being like, extre I, you know, I was just kind of chilling there at the end. 
And then I got extremely self, like, what is, and then I went, wait a minute. And then it was like the best thing ever. Exactly. It was amazing. That the third eye thing, I was like, oh. Yeah, it stayed with me for like, oh, the rest of the day. Nobody ever touches you there. No, usually only you touch me I don't me touch me there. Really? I don't touch me. That's part of the problem, I think. Uh, so that's my... That's, you want to hear a nice swelling song? Oh, you want to go back to some more Benjamin Leathers? Act three, Benjamin Leathers. All right. Coming, coming right up. Kentucky. At Lady Fay to at All My Brush. Not sure how Prince was saving sheep. They don't kill the sheep for wool. To which I have, oh, I found it, the book Sheep of Fools by Sue Coe and Judith Brody. This is a graphic novel published by Blab. My old friend Monty in Chicago has an imprint. Uh, but it it's kind of looks like a children's book. It is quite horrifying. When you turn through. <laughs> Good God. So, yeah. Oh, oh. What are they doing to him there? Um, Is that the shearing of the wool? They're just drawing blood left and right? Well, so. It's so, kind of a hard book to pull information from because it's kind of written in verse. It's very dense. Uh, uh, at All oh. oh My Brush to At Lady Faye. Well, where to begin? Let's start with the jacket itself. And that's the photo. Oh, maybe that'll be our show photo. That's, I don't want to see that. Okay. These horrific, weird brutalization of baby sheeps. There, that one should tell you what you need to know. There's a cruise ship <laughs> passing by one of these uh, ship. lamb transport ships as they're throwing a carcass into the ocean. And now to the liner notes. If this quote, this is quoting Prince after he had asked PETA for information so he could put him in his liner notes. If this jacket were real wool, it would have taken seven number lambs whose lives would have begun like this. Within weeks of their birth, their ears would have been hole-punched, their tails chopped off, and the males would have been castrated while fully conscious. That's that picture you saw. Extremely high rates of mortality are considered normal. Extremely. No E on extremely. Mm -hmm. R considered normal, just the letter R. 20 to 40 percent, 20 space 2 space 40 percent. Okay, I get it. Of lambs die before mm, mm. the age of 8 weeks. 8 million mature sheep die every year from disease, exposure, or neglect. Many people believe shearing... This is, takes many tweets to get this out. Yes, it does. Um, helps animals who would otherwise be too hot, but in order to avoid losing any wool, ranchers shear sheep before they would naturally shed their winter coats, resulting in millions of sheep deaths from exposure to the cold. So saith Prince Rogers Nelson. Next level. Follow-up tweet? I don't like that. That's the castration. Oh, I see. This is a grim I, book. Well, the only thing I don't understand about it was the sh ship. You have to transport them? Well, actually, now as I look through this, I remember um, when I read it, it's a, I think it's about 
a ship that sinks that's just jam-packed with these lambs. It was an actual event that happened. Add on my brush to that, Lady Faye. And why did I just realize that print speak is basically tech speak years ahead of its time? That Lady Faye. It was annoying, as annoying then as it is now. All right, she's got a point there, but... Also, I'm still confused that coat looks like plastic. <laughs> See, I'm sensing something dis disquiet in that yeah. tweet stream. She's all right, I'm sure. She'll be fine. She'll be fine. She'll, hey, a, okay. she'll love my new age yoga story. All right, we've got to get to the news. <laughs> all right, news. Okay. Let's do, uh, let's do four stories this week. Let's bang through them. Actually, we're only at the 30-minute mark. Mark. <laughs> Two a day won't keep the doctor away. Mm -hmm. Is moderate drinking even moderately good for us? By our old friend... Tamar Haspel. Love it in elevator. It's appearing on The Plate, which is a National Geographic's food site, I guess. Yeah, what's she writing for them for? She's, she's a, a wash po. pro. Yeah, okay. She's diversifying her portfolio. Give it to man. me. I haven't read it. <clears throat> okay. So, a little backstory. You know, you've heard before that it's maybe considered good to have two drinks a night, up to two drinks a night. It's good for your heart, which I always believe is because it thins your blood. Your heart doesn't have to work as hard. If you're drinking red wine, you're getting... Really? I'm listening. No, you're not. What the hell are you doing? Two drinks a night. I got it. Red wine. Heart. What is it? The What's that stuff called that's good for you? Not Resver the antioxidants, but the resveratrol? Res resveratrol. Resveratrol. So here... Uh, I was listening to Oh Yeah Dude, like an old one, a deep cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he started talking about DMAA. Mm -hmm. you remember me? That was... We went... I knew that thing inside and out. But then he kept... Shizandra is the herb, right? Wait, MMA? I know you... DMAA know. as okay. a pre-workout sub. He was joking around Seth. Like, I'm going to take my DMAA, stack it with my... The way he said Shizandra was insane. Hmm. It was a... Uh... Oh, God. No punchline. Sorry. Can't remember wow. how he Way said to deliver. <laughs> I did have an aside that I was going to throw in here. So my point is you were filling that role quite well by... Reserva... Re what? Resifratol? What's it called? Yeah. Rehifanol? Resveratrol. Rehifinol. Um, incidentally, though, oh, uh, yeah, dude, I think at once, one point in time we were fond of saying that we were the oh, uh, yeah, dude of food. Mm. But they're really the oh, uh, yeah, dude of food. Did you listen to episode 501? They do some food. They're tackling, but they were hitting all many of the things we've talked about on this show. Uh, I think Seth just had his DNA mapped, just like Mark yep. Kingmaker has. We've talked about that. <laughs> Seth. Uh, there was a... His Neanderthal DNA. Yeah, they had a recipe, uh, cat food and... Uh, Flamin' Hot Ranch dressing. <laughs> right. There was one other thing that they discussed. Is that, that the one where discussed. they ripped into General Mills? Product? There was some product launch that was... I think that was the one before. Anyway. Yeah. There was another food thing, too. It was something we'd covered. Um, D-Fay can tell us. This is a dead end. What are you doing? Oh, this is a dead end. Not your shitty, no punchline dead end. I was just making an observation. And now I'm correcting course because we're back it. to talking about booze here. It's going to take me eight minutes, but I'm going to find it. When two new studies... Well, now, now you're not going to listen All to right, this. I'll listen. You put that away. I put it away. Don't be a teenager on that fucking phone. <clears throat> when two new studies... How e dare you? Oh, my God. Each coming at the question differently, conclude that the benefits of moderate drinking may be illusory. It's worth taking a closer look. So two new studies. Poking holes in this theory, Mark. The trouble is that people who drink tend to be different you know from... No, I love a study! The trouble is that people who drink tend to be different from people who don't drink in all kinds of ways. And people who drink a lot are different from people who drink a little. Trying to isolate that one variable, the amount they drink, is an undertaking fraught with peril. 
They ain't no degree of different. Let me hit you with than this. Then the difference between people who microdose and people who don't microdose. There you go, Mark. Uh, one of the main one of the main problems is that people who don't drink at all are, according to Stockwell, that's some dude in the article. <laughs> it's Dean Stockwell. He's a an Al in Quantum Leap. Yep. Um, he so was a, he was a regular at the coffee shop. So he says, "Sam, this is a pretty unhealthy group." <laughs> that's my that. Dean Stockwell impression. Don't do that. That's pretty good. Sometimes they stop drinking for health reasons. And people who drink moderately look different from what from that group in a lot of ways. They're wealthier. They eat more fruit and vegetables. Bing. They uh, exercise more. Stockwell contends that it's likely that those factors and not the moderate drinking account for any health benefits. You bet. Time-tested theory right there. Time-tested. True-tested. True-tested. Time and true. Mm. Truth. In time. Well, you know, and... All it's the same people, argument people make for supplements. Are people healthier because they take supplements or because healthier people tend to get interested and then to therefore take supplements? I think what you really need they to already do healthy. is gauge Steven Tyler's health against the rest of the population because he's been, he's been a teetotaler for years now. He has? Yeah, Aerosmith quit drinking and doing drugs right about the same time their music kind Isn't of Isn't he also sucking. the one that... I think this is another Oh Yeah Dude story. Is it? Where he, who knows how many countless women he has fornicated on the road. Many. But there were, th- there were three times when he cried <laughs> as he achieved glorious climax. That's and all, th- all three of those times he conceived a child, his three children were born from those moments. Well, that's great. I, I He's guess. got superpowers, clearly. I, think, I, I hope I'm not slandering Steven Tyler. I, my apologies. Hey, we'll get the fact you know checkers what? on that. That story made up for the one you had a minute ago. Okay. No punchline, Mark. Way to go. So, well, so here's what you do. You gauge Steven Tyler's health against the health of the general population, right? Mm. Or the moderate drinkers. I think she can. Tamara can get in on that. She loves Aerosmith. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's on their fan letter. They're like, we know she loves Aerosmith. She doesn't know she loves Aerosmith. No, she's still deciding on that. So, All right. So what are you going to do? I'm going to continue to still probably drink about what I drink. So wait a minute. So they're basically, they're just trying to cast a little bit of doubt on the, what's yeah. that noise? It sounds like a saw. They might be doing, they're yeah, renovating that house back there. Remember, we've talked about it. Look at how fast they built that garage. Ooh, I don't like that garage. Though. No, it's ugly, but it wasn't there like a couple weeks ago. Man. Okay, so, so great. Fuck it. I don't know. You a soon be a vor? Oof. You a sumbiavore? Why it's impossible. Why don't you sumbia back off that mic a little bit there? Three inches back. Hot six cheeks. inches back. You know, I, I can only gauge things in eight inch increments. I'm not going to ask why that is. <laughs> why, but why, I, why it's impossible to actually be a vegetarian mm. by Andrew Smith appearing on The Conversation. Mm. Hit the mic. Um, all right, we'll do a little quote here. You ready? You paying attention? You don't even have to look at your little phone. Just I was reading to, along with you. Just need to absorb it. All right. I'm going to stare into your eyes. Could you, you don't do, have a to do that. Vera, Vera Bedrosana 2 while you read this quote, please? How are food? What is that feeble twist? <laughs> oh, my God. What are you talking about? You just look really <sighs> old all of a sudden. I don't know. Oh, man. <laughs> Screw you. I'm no, not, man. I, <gasps> you're are, a swimmer. I know you can do better. Come on. I was just doing one hand, so I, we're not stretching right now. We're doing a podcast. All right. There you go. 
tree pose. <laughs> Mountain. How, how our food lives and dies matters. <laughs> Rolling right along. If we are who we eat, our food is who our food eats, too. It's called the food chain. This means that we are who our food eats in equal measure. Plants acquire nutrients from the soil, which is composed, among other things, of decayed plant and animal remains. So even those who assume they subsist solely on a plant-based diet actually eat animal remains as well. This is why it's impossible to be a vegetarian. Wow. A rich black soil is rich and black because it's got dead stuff yep. from animals and waste stuff from living things. Yeah, what all, do you think about that? Uh, I think people shouldn't be so uptight about labeling everything. Okay, okay. Then you're not going to like Glenn Albrecht, self-proclaimed pharmosopher. Oh, I think I don't already. It's time to include plants in the realm of sentient creatures. Oh, okay, okay, okay. God, we've, what was this episode? Like episode four when we talked oh about God. this? Yeah, that was so early on. So here it comes. I'm bringing it back. Evidence being plants share not only our five senses, but 20 more. Yeah, I didn't. I should have clicked that link to figure out what they were. They have a hormonal information processing system like the neurons we have. Wow. They love New Age Dad. Every time I've played New Age Dad for a houseplant, it's doubled in size within a week. Plants are self-aware and intentional, and they learn and they teach. They teach? They can teach each other tricks. I know they can learn to grow up like a brick wall and shit like that. It's pretty impressive. So there's the argument that you can't really be a true vegetarian. But okay. The re- but, you know, maybe you're parsing, like, oh, you ate some dirt. The dirt had some stuff in it. Oh, you got Most vegetarians would say, well, it's not, I don't know what, organic versus inorganic kind of stuff. And I don't know. Maybe they could. They, maybe this is a business opportunity for a whole new strata of uh, farms that grow only vegetables and they only use mushroom uh, compost. So there's actually just no fucking way meat's getting into these sprouts, man. Fucking hard line. What about the little insect falls, though? Mm. I don't like that scenario. Get your text. Because this raises the notion... This article is really trying to get us aware of the symbiotarianists, symbiovores, symbiotarians. What do they do? They eat in harmony with their ecosystem. So they embody literally the idea that the well-being of our food, hence our own well-being, is a function of the health of the land. Simply put, I think you're going to like this. They're biodynamic eaters. He was all about biodynamic permaculture, blah, 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 shithorns. Simply put, living sustainably in an area, whether it's New England or the Australian outback, may well entail relying on animals for food, at least in a limited way. Okay. So different diets, different places. Oh, yeah. I think Local. Yeah. Licalo. Have we ever covered local food? Get ready. Sumbiovores. A hundred times. Plants are alive. They feel pain every time you chew them. Eat it. Okay. What are you going to do, though? I think that is the natural evolution. So you you got to kill to eat, son. Yeah, you got that's people are going to realize you have to kill to eat. Yep. It's more it's a more um, emotional process with an animal. Yep. But there's still a little bit of that going on with a plant too. What are you going to do? You're just going to start to be smart about how you kill to eat. Yeah. Kill with intention. Kill with, with intention. purpose. Isn't that uh, first degree murder? <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, pharmosopher. Hey. Oh, I got another one. Seven-minute workout for the win, motherfucker. Woo. Oh, yeah. One minute of... I have this app. Let me show it to you real quick. Okay. It's a real thing. My back, my back guy told me about it. Oh, okay. The back guy who also recommended you take a bar class. Seven-minute workout. Oh, look at that. Good morning, it says. Let's see if I can look at my... Um, what? <laughs> you want to look at your natch? I do not want to look at my natch. I want to look at my performance. Oh, how many times have One I done this? Same. Let's just... Ready? I'm going to scroll here. Oh, my God. It's been like years. Look at how many seven-minute workouts I've done. Wow, Mark. Wow, look at that. Is, is there like a social networking aspect built into that so you yeah, can do it, share it with your buddies? One minute of all-out exercise may have, the benef- may have benefits of 45 minutes of moderate exertion. Gretchen Reynolds, New York Times. Well, this blog. Well, blog. Well, blog. Well handled. We blog. So we're going to McMaster University in Hamilton, Ontario. Ready? Mm-hmm. We're going to do a study. I love a study. 25 out-of-shape young men. We're going to put them in three groups. Okay. And we're going to, for each of these groups, we're going to measure their health by how their insulin response and take biopsies of their muscles. Ooh. Sounds painful. <laughs> that sounds bad, right? Okay, group one. Control group. Nothing changes. They don't really exercise. Group two. Group two. Endurance. Schmucks. They ride a stationary bike, moderate pace, 45 minutes. 45 minutes. A little warm-up, a little cool-down. And then, I can't see my notes. The, ah! The so, third so group. Close. <laughs> Almost seamless. The winners, all in on interval training. So here's what they did. Two-minute warm-up, 20-second sprint on the bike. Then two minutes of just slow as you can go. Then 20-second sprint. Slow as you can go. 20-second sprint, cool down. 10 minutes total, one minute of, of exertion and strenuous activity. Tell me about the results, Mark. Okay. I cannot wait. The upshot of these results is that three months of concerted endurance or interval exercise can notably and almost identically mm. improve someone's fitness and health. Neither approach to exercise was, however, superior to the other, except that one was shorter. Much, much shorter. Yep. Uh, and time. Great commodity right there. What? Time is you, a great commodity? It's all you have, right? Yeah, it is all you have. Yep. Well, most people don't want to exercise, right? They want to do as little as they think they can get away with to be healthy. Sounds about right. How about 20 seconds? That's perfect. We live in a world where we're just governed by distraction. That's all it is. Yeah. So... That's, that's the workout that's tailored for right, us. I thought you'd get more excited We need to about snap this. out of it, man. I, that is funny. The, I, yeah, because before you got here, I did a quick little, like, two minutes of working out. I knew I didn't have time to do my whole boxing video online, so I did some skiers, you know, where you just jump from side to side with your feet together, holding five-pound weights. <laughs> At least you got the five-pound weights. Yeah, and then I just did some, like, jumping around. Kind where'd, of. where'd you get those weights? I think they're Nicole's weights. They're quite handy, though. I have a 20-pound weight, too, but the, the two five-pound weights? In the boxing workout I do, I hold them, and then you're like throwing, you're throwing punches with them, so you're really getting that wow. nice workout. Nice. Yeah. It's a 15-minute workout, so it's a little long for you. Green leggings and five-pound weights. Pretty much. That's, that's, 
I don't wear these out of the house. The workout regiment. <laughs> okay. This is just for you. I'm All not, right. I'm not waiting in line for a latte at Starbucks. In these. Oh, wait. I think we had five stories. We got two left. Come on, man. People don't have time for this. Yeah, they do. No, they don't. They're governed by distraction. Yeah, I know. That's a good I point. I want to know about hot manly health and training. <laughs> hot manly health and training. This is our exercise episode. Yeah, it really is. Fitness. Poet Walt Whitman, Health Tips Unearthed. This is a BBC article. Oh, uh, I love it. So a trove of journalism by the great U.S. <laughs> Sorry. A trove of journalism by the great U.S. poet Walt Whitman is being published online after lying in obscurity more than 150 years. The 13-part series, Manly Health Training, was written under a pseudonym for a New York newspaper in 1858. It contains a multitude of tips on topics such as diet, sex, and hygiene. Diet sucks? Diet sex? No, diet. sex full fat. Diet, comma, sex. Diet, comma, sex. And hygiene. And hygiene. So listen to this. So I think I'm going to like Walt for diet and sex. Hygiene, I don't know what, I don't know. I don't know if you're going to like, I don't think you're going to like Walt for diet. <laughs> listen to this. Let the main part of the diet be meat oh. to the exclusion of all else. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is proto-paleo. It really is. I, somehow I don't see the paleo crowd really aligning with Walt Whitman on many other things. Does Epic even know they, if they got a hold of this? I know. That could be their next big marketing coup. All sorts of gramming. Because if there's anyone right now that's hotter than Donald Trump, it's Walt Whitman. Uh, Whitman also recommended the general use of comfortable sh- of the comfortable shoes, quote, now specially worn by baseball players. This article speculates that, you know, that would kind of equate to trainers. Oh, and sure. He, Com- also, shoes. he also warned against the ravages of desk jobs. Ooh. To you, clerk, literary man, sedentary person, man of fortune, idler, the same advice. Up. Prescient. Good, huh? Prescient. I think that's pronounced prescient. He began writing Manly Health and Training for the Atlas, a small New York newspaper, listen to this, after the flop of Leaves of Grass, a collection now recognized as his masterpiece. To me, that is uh, maybe the most personal part of this article. Can you imagine you, you toil, you write Leaves of Fucking Grass, and then it fails, and then you're, ha- you're, you're having to write these like kind of like crappy feature articles for some magazine? How would that feel? I mean, I'm sure maybe it's not a crappy article, but you know. Prescience. So we were both wrong. What? I said prescient. This is prescience. Here, let me see. I think you said precious. I did not. Um, but Go yeah. ahead. Hey, uh, so I, I actually heard that article on, a, on my BBC uh, news podcast. Oh, yeah, they do. Wait. Prescient. Mm. You said prescient. I said prescient. She says prescient. Yeah, I was closer. So on the, uh, it, this wasn't included in this article, but on the, the, the coverage on BBC Weekly World News podcast, they talked a little bit about Walt Whitman's homosexuality and how he didn't really, I don't think he considered it like homosexual the way people do now, that to him it was just like intense camaraderie, which is actually, it's interesting because I remember watching an interview on, I think on Charlie Rose with Christopher Hitchens and he, you know, he had many gay experiences and he had the exact same attitude. Just like, camaraderie? Yeah, you're away at boarding school, and <laughs> just you're so close. Hmm. So hmm. Uh, I'm not making a pass at you, but we did, it's interesting <laughs> that we did share this. Uh, we were just commenting on camaraderie. Hmm. You were there for me as hmm. I 
you know, performed uh, Virabhadrasana 2 in honor Mm -hmm. of Aunt Carol. So I feel like this episode has brought us a little closer, Mark. Let's put on our comfortable shoes. I'm wearing mine. Hey, and flip-flops. I wonder how he felt about flip-flops. That would probably be the deciding factor for you. Is if there was a chapter in this book warning against flip-flops, you'd throw it out the window. (laughs) Am I right? Absolutely. Yeah, because the world needs to see those toes. Because my feet need to breathe. Yeah, I guess so. That's stinky, No. What are you wearing? Some Some like Italian loafers? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. With leggings, Italian loafers. Stir-fried road rabbit. Final story (laughs) on eating roadkill, the most ethical meat by Brendan Bueller. Bueller. Writing on Modern Farmer. Whoa, I I just realized this goes back to 2013. Oldie but goodie. Ready? Yep. Practical. Culinary. Culinary. Ah, culinary. And even legal considerations make it hard for many to imagine cooking our vehicular accidents. Yep. Oh, that, I didn't put that in here. He called it manna from the... Manna? Manna from... Here, let me... It was good. It was a nice turn of phrase. I don't want to miss it. Manna from the highway? Manna from the... M- 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 manna from minivans. Oh. Yeah. Reaching okay. a little bit on that one. <clears throat> if the roadkill is fresh, perhaps hit on a cold day, and ideally a large animal, it is as safe as any game. Plus, sure. not eating roadkill is intensely wasteful. Heard last, that. Last year, State Farm Mutual Automobile Insurance Company estimated that some 1,232,000 deer were hit by cars in the United States. It's a lot of venison going to waste. So right there. You're feeling okay with this? Fuck yeah. Okay. Are interesting. Well, it's chain, It's wildly... Um, unpopular, I would imagine. It is wildly unpopular. It's also... The weather's changing. It looks like it's getting cloudy. It might rain. Um, state to state, you may or may not be breaking the law. There you go. So let's see. Let's go to Wisconsin. We have prosecuted a few people, at least, who do try and run down deer with their cars. That's taking a little far. There is a sizable fine associated with it. That's Scott Ripke, assistant big game ecologist, Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources. We definitely wouldn't want to encourage people to try and run down a deer with their trucks and take it home for meat. Apparently, this is a problem. This is why sometimes eating roadkill has to be illegal. I could see if someone's people like, just like just yeah, heat up on meth and like fucking plowing deer down. Or if you don't have money, but you got a car, paycheck to paycheck. You just go out you deer go hunting get the meth and just run down a deer with your truck to eat it. Yeah, it's a lot of meals out of that deer. Alaska. Yep. Practices roadside socialism. Mm. All roadkill belongs to the state, which then feeds it to human families in need. I like that. Not the animal families, the human families. Yeah. Uh, the al- I was going to say alien fam- families. Alien families in need, too. To I'm make sure. a 4G reference. Probably some stranded here. Have you read the book Last American Man by Elizabeth Gilbert? She later went mm. on to write Eat, Pray, Love. Oh, a classic. Yeah, her book, Last American Man. Recommended. Is this about the guy who chews chocolate like leather? And- yeah, Eustace Conway. Eustace. book was recommended to me by Natch Rancher Dave Carney years ago. Really? Hell of a book. But uh, that's one of the things that she tells you about him early on, is that like if he sees roadkill, he'll, he stops and picks it up and processes it. 
Uh, and I guess like during college, he was living in a teepee somewhere off campus. And he would like, if he saw, she said that he told a story about one day he saw like a dead rabbit on the side of the road on his way to school. He pulled over, picked it up, surmised that it was recently dead and good to eat. And he took it to school and he like walked into class with this dead rabbit, like hanging from his bag. And they, and the teacher was curious. Everyone was a little curious. And so he offered like an impromptu demonstration of how to like clean a rabbit carcass and then uh, fucking ate that shit. Let's have a little Q&A with Jonathan McGowan to Why wrap not? this up. A British taxidermist. Natu- Listen to this little biography. He's a British taxidermist, naturalist, cryptozoologist, UFO spotter, Ooh. and roadkill eating enthusiast. He should get into a farm philosophy too. Farmosophy. Farmosophy. How do you check the condition of the meat? I do not need to check condition of meat. One can tell at glance. I don't know why. Is he? <laughs> Let's just assume that's is he an Indian sheep? a poor cut and paste. I do not need to check the condition of the meat. One can tell at a glance. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Are you sure? If an animal is bloated, it is still okay generally. Oh. <laughs> Depending on temperature, there still may be parts of any large animal that are usable. Even rabbits, when bloated, are okay if they are quickly skinned and the flesh is removed. I can see that. You can probably tell by looking if the flesh has been compromised. Really? By disease or... I almost dropped in a Marler food blog. No. No. Big crazy uh, frozen fruit veggie recall. Another one, huh? Check your freezer. A lot of it through Costco. I don't have have any Costco shit right now. You don't have any old frozen berries in your freezer? Uh, No, I don't think so. All right. We found one. We had to... I'm going to chuck. You found a single frozen berry in your freezer? Do you have a favorite way to prepare roadkill? Can I get my hazmat suit? I have no favorite recipes, as all meat is very versatile. I am the Kwisatz Sadarak. But I love anything in a stir-fry, a spaghetti bolognese, or roast venison or duck. (laughs) I didn't know that was coming up. That was not... Even right. No, I thought it was a natch blip. I saw it on there. I was like, oh, it's a natch blip. How cute. Roadkill. The most ethical meat. Don't eat it. The worm is the spice. Did we but not finish ben- Benjamin Leathers? Is there a final closing act? There is. I feel um, like we should have put that in earlier and then given people the whole song as the fade out. Nah, you know what we'll do? For our listeners and for our listeners only... On Natch.is, uh, we'll actually follow, check us out on the Twitter, at Real Natch. We'll tweet out a link to the full track. Nice. MP3, available for download for free, Natch.is. Episode 61, Whisper in Your Lover's Ear. For a fee? For free. For free, yeah. I don't know how a, to charge for it. free download. <laughs> what are we going to charge, a nickel? $19.95, it's a rock opera. Well, you can get a Radiohead song for buck eighty. That's a good point. Natchcast 62, not 26. Nope. Whisper in your lover's ear. What's that cell phone number, Mark? 303-548-6877.